The problem with having competition being generated with a price range is that the competition's generated and driven by the expectation from a buyer that they're able to buy it down low. Welcome to Smart Selling Steps with Cadinia Property, where you'll get the insider insights on the best way to get your property sold in the current real estate market. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cadinia Property Podcast about real estate the way it should be right here in Geelong. I'm Nathan George, and I'm joined today by Jackson and Sarah Wilson, co-founders and directors of Cadinia Property. Welcome. Howdy, Nathan. G'day, Nathan. How are you? Good, thank you. So today we're delving into the smart sale method, and that's the approach that Cadinia Property uses to achieve success in every sale. Sometimes it's people think that it's it's spelt wrong because we sometimes smell it smart re, mm. which is a bit of a play on words. Yeah, smart real estate, but smarter. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So be aware of that. Just to clarify, we, we, but the easy can, way to say it is just the smart sale. So the marketing team can spell. It is, is yes. intended. <laughs> Correct. Um, if you're considering selling, or you just would like to optimize your sales method, um, this episode get ready to discover why this could be the best strategy for you. So I'll start um, with the, the easy question. What is the smart sale method? Well, the, the smart sale method, Nathan, it's, it's what we like to think is an effective and ethical sales strategy uh, which always has the sales interest as, as its primary focus. And it allows the seller to obtain the best price by using proven, proven marketing and negotiation techniques drawn from many different um, fields and integrated into real estate sales. So it's really the best of the best, a bit like Top Gun. Um, and it in- includes various different parts um, and all of the parts need to be working in unison to have to, to make it the most effective. Hmm. Okay. And so when people are selling their home, there, there are different methods of sale. What are the smarter sale or what, why is the smarter sale recommended? So it, well, the, a lot of the, well, the different methods, are methods around selling is often methods around pricing. So um, having a, a, a pricing strategy that uh, has a single stated asking price rather than a, a, a price range or having a, a price Well, it basically fall into two categories. There's the no price and the price category. So it, it, there's the auction and the tender or expressions of interest, sale yeah. by a set date, mm-hmm. all fall under that no sort of specific set price. Yeah. I mean there is a maybe a price range or a sort of guide, guide yeah. but no specific price. And that adds a bit of confusion <laughs> oftentimes. So so what what our what the smart sale uh, method promotes is to have a single stated asking price not expressed as a range. And what we've found that it gives us is it gives success in any market, uh, particularly when it gets tough, we, when some methods are only good in a booming market or, or they're less bad in a booming market. Uh, so at this method is successful when there's one buyer or if there's many buyers. And remembering that it is multiple different facets working together. So while Jackson is saying that it's around a single stated asking price, that's one component. You can't just go, let's have a single stated asking price and everything will be rosy. It's having someone who who can actually um, execute execute yeah. and integrate a lot of different areas, which we'll touch on a few here today. So 
Why is a clearly stated asking price more important in the smarter sale? So can, I'll, can I ask you a question back? Yeah. So if you were looking to buy a property and in the current market, right, or any market. Sure. And the property, was, the range was 600 to 650 mm-hmm. and what would you offer on the price? Don't think about it, just say. Less than 600 Right. So that it. Or, or so, maybe around yeah. 600 yeah, yeah, right. So the bottom end of the range. So yeah, if would, you were okay. selling your house, would you want to use a pricing strategy that encourages a buyer to offer down low? No, and if I was selling the house, I would want six fifty. That's right. So, yeah. uh, and that's, how about we just put it on the market for six fifty, mm. and then go from there? Mm. Okay, it's not real complicated, is it? No, it's and it's actually one of the key points of the smart sale is that a lot of people can make um, real estate strategies, practices, whatever, very super complicated, mm. and it really doesn't need to be complicated. No, it's it's like, this is a property. There's a this valid is a reason why price ranges get promoted, and that valid reason is it encourages competition, which I think is absolutely true. And one of the main points of real estate is that competition means if there's more competition then the seller's going to get a better price. The problem with having competition being generated with a price range is that the competition's generated and driven by the expectation from a buyer that they're able to buy it down low. Mm. And the opposite, as you said, for the seller, that they're going to sell it up high. I was going to say, so if I was looking at a property, I would offer at the lower end of, of the range and the only reason that I would increase that offer is if the agent made me feel like there was competition. Yeah. Yes. That would be the only thing that would drive it up. Why yes. else would I offer a... But the, the other thing that can happen is the buyer gets alienated. So the buyer comes in and says, yep, we're happy to offer 600 No worries. And the agent goes, oh, don't be silly. No way. They'll never take that. The buyers say, well, hang on. You've, why did you... Why did you put it on the market yeah. at that price? It's frustrating for buyers. So one of the major rules of marketing is to make your product easy to buy. When you've got a buyer walking in offering a price that the product's advertised for and the agent laughs at their face, that's not making it easy. So what we do is we want to make it easy for a buyer to, to, to buy. We also want to make it simple and we don't want to try and... Um, we, we want to be upfront. And we want to attract the best price. It, it feels like a, a less sleazy way of selling. It's, it's, well, there's not very many other industries that you go into a shop or look online and say, hey, you know, buy your product. You can Ten, offer you know, $10 or 13 somewhere in the middle. You know, it's, yeah. it's a price. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay, so why um, when I'm selling, anyone selling a property, why is selecting the right agent so important for the selling process? Uh, it's twofold. So you've got to select the right agent, but you've also got to select the right agency. Um, so the right agency is one that has these uh, focuses on generating the highest price. It's not necessarily the one with the highest number of sold signs in an area. So, um, and if you have and having the right agent uh, in the wrong agency can be very damaging because the strategy that gets used to sell the house can be very damaging. Um, Having a a poor agent in an office with a good strategy is equally as ineffective. So 
you need the right agent who's competent, well-trained and has your interests at heart in an agency that echoes that. So uh, one of our – and that comes back to having those two levels of trust, which is cognitive trust, that's the professionalism and the knowledge and the skill of your agent, uh, and then there's the effective trust. So that's having someone who's relatable and – and um, you know, is a good person. Is a good it's person, and you've really, got faith that they have your interests. And at it's heart. sometimes really hard to distinguish because, in an initial sort of meeting, when you're meeting an agent, or you know, some people meet multiple agents at the start of the selling process to interview them, it's really hard to determine whether that agent has that cognitive ability. Oh, mm. You know. Uh, the cognitive trust and, and the, the skill effect, yes. and the effectiveness. So because they're all happy, where, they've all got the effective yes, trust. Yes, and, and most happy people in a sales role are nice, happy, and you know they're mm. not people who don't want to interact or whatever. Like they're yeah. happy people. That's why they're in that role. Mm. But to be able to have, as Jackson said, an effective strategy and then be able to execute it is super important. So I again, I, I was talking to a valuer this morning about just this thing and about how tricky it is for people to know and he was saying, well, I guess one of the best ways to know is to speak to other people who have used the, mm, that yeah, agent yeah. or agency is a really great way to sort of do a little bit of extra Research, um, research, and digging before you well, put you, one of their one of your biggest assets in their in their hands. If you go to a job application, then you often will provide references. Um, and so, if you're interviewing an agent to be the job of you being your real estate agent, then you should go and check their references. The best way to do it, you don't need a list from that agent, is just go and knock on the doors of a few houses that they've got sold on, written on the sign because mm. they're people who've gone through the complete process. Yeah. Mm. And another way to do it is to have a look at their sales results, which... Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, what makes you guys stand out if we're, if we're choosing the preferred agent? So at the end of the at the end of the day, the thing that makes us stand out um, is the end sale result. Now, that's a really difficult thing to um, to uh, like. Everyone says, "Yeah, we're great. We'll get you a great result." Um, so, the way that we ensure that happens is that we're constantly training in negotiation and looking at best practice. With that, through the lens of what's best for the seller, not what gets the most number of sold stickers on signs, not what makes the most number of deals that we get. Uh, it's it's all geared around how can we maximise the result for the seller because when the seller pays the agent's uh, bill, uh, that's what they want. That's They want value for money. So when Jackson speaks about negotiation, I spoke... A little while ago about the integrated parts of the smart sale mm. so it's important to differentiate the method of sale which the smart mm -hmm. sale has a, a take on the private treaty yep. as opposed to an auction or sale by set date yep. um, and the negotiation there's two separate things okay tell me a little bit more about that then so what is the approach of the the smart sale negotiation process so what we aim to do is have uh, – well, not what we aim to do. The, our strategy around negotiation revolves around four factors or four quadrants as we call them. The first one is having detachment from the outcome. 
which uh, it's important for us to do that um, because it enables uh, us to look at the situation in an objective fashion and follow the sale process through a, a lens of best practice as opposed to following the sale process through with through the lens of I'm a greedy agent who just wants to get the house sold so I can get paid my commission. So having detachment is important and then have for us to ha- use that detachment to the benefit of our client. Uh, the, the second quadrant is knowledge. So that involves us being, uh, it, when you're looking from a sale situation, what that looks like is us having a chat to the buyer, being genuinely interested about what they do, who they are, why they want to be in the house, why they're coming to look at what their situation is. Um, because the more knowledge we have, the better the outcome we can construct in the negotiation. Uh, and, and the more so then which brings us to the next quadrant which is relationships so the more knowledge we have by being genuinely good people and finding stuff out about people um, the better our relationship is now with a buyer and an agent if a buyer and the agent has a reasonably good relationship then what that does is brings us to the next quadrant which is risk and having the relationship then means the seller's risk is lessened because their agent who's detached, knowledgeable about the other party, has a good relationship with them, uh, can then create a scenario that maximises the benefit for the seller. It doesn't mean manipulating a buyer to do something that is uh, beyond their reach, but it does mean, and we're very mindful of being very much in our seller's corner, Now, if a buyer wants to have the same negotiation factors working for them, then the option that they can do is employ a buyer's agent. Um, That's a bit like I think I heard someone recently talking about when you're watching the movie The Negotiator and the actual negotiator person takes, when you think of movies like that, takes um, a lot of time asking questions and establishing a rapport mm. with the person they're negotiating with. Yep. Do like they call them the perp in the movies? I don't know. Well, <laughs> 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 but it's a similar sort of, I mean, that's a very simplistic way and there's yep. lots of lots of other training and bits and pieces that come into play. Yeah, but that's the overriding but, uh, strategy is with those four yeah. quadrants. And, when we, and I remember when we did um, some training uh, interstate and we were talking to, a, I can't even remember his name, can you remember the, anyway, his job was to, nego- he was a negotiator for the un- at the United Nations. Mm. So his job was to get all of the parties in the United Nations to agree on a said thing, which is basically what we're doing in real estate, getting the buyer and the seller to agree on the terms of the sale. Slightly um, kind of not quite. Different as, level, yeah, but, but <laughs> still. World um, peace versus, you know, houses. But his number one tip and my number one takeaway from that session was that if you're the worst way to negotiate is to mm. have two parties who are sort of at each other and sometimes – I think in real estate the buyers think they need to be hard hard and having a you know a, a bit of a crack or whatever and or not give any information to the real estate agents whereas I see our job in that space is to be able to break any of that sort of tension down and really almost make them feel like we're working with them mm. and even just using language like 
oh, I'm happy to help you try and buy the property mm. is much more Yeah, rather than let's get a deal done. Yeah. yeah, like it's just it's, little tiny things mm. can make a lot of difference. And little word, words, our language is so important and, and agents who aren't skilled in or don't care about this let things, little things go. Like even, for example, talking to a buyer when they say, oh, do you want to make an offer on this house? By saying making an offer, uh, that intimates that the agent's expecting a, the, the price that the buyer pays to be less than what the price is. So I don't think an agent should encourage a buyer to offer less. So we don't use the term make an offer. And it might be just a little thing, but a little thing in real estate can be five or $10,000, $20,000 out the door. So um, it, little things add up to big amounts. And these things are very hard to, to see when you're employing an agent, but they really... You, you see the the impact of them when you're in that negotiation process. So there's quite a lot of different tools that we use, um, but the overriding strategy is around that quadrant strategy uh, to to try and make sure we manufacture the best outcome in that negotiation time. You talked about reducing risk, but are there any guarantees for the seller? There, well, well, the guarantee there is. There is. There's guarantees <laughs> by having a highly trained agent, uh, there's get, well, and there's guarantees, there's elements of safety that we put into our strategy that means the level of risk is lessened by dealing with our agency as opposed to uh, other agencies. And, and the biggest one of that is around the marketing costs. Um, so one of the aspects of the smart sale uh, strategy is that it's no sale, no charge to the seller. So particularly at the moment where we're seeing more stock levels, properties staying on the market for a long period of time and not selling, um, what a lot of sellers are left with at the end of their 90 days is a $10,000 bill that they have to pay. And regardless of whether they're sold or not, they still have to pay that. Yeah. So our, our, um, our, our, I suppose, um, feature is that we work with a, as a no-sale, no-charge basis which means that um, we wear those expenses. We still incur marketing expenses to us, but we we wear them if the property doesn't yeah, sell. You wouldn't find too many other agents. In fact, no, there's not another I don't one think there's Geelong. any other in Geelong that would put their own hand in their pocket and say, mm. I'm going to pay the marketing and if the property doesn't sell for whatever reason, you, you don't have to pay me back. Sounds pretty risk-free to me. Not yeah. a guarantee to sell, but risk-free. Yeah, in well, terms well of it's all about reducing the risk for the owners and yeah. maximizing maximizing the outcome. Yeah, fantastic. So. Well, it's been a, a very um, information-packed episode, so thank you very much. We'll wrap it up here. Thanks for your time again, Sarah and Jackson. And if you'd like any more information on the smart cell system. Jackson, they can contact you. Yes, happy or to me. have a chat anytime. Or you, Sarah? Yeah. <laughs> um, and <laughs> kiddingyourproperty.com.au. Yes, thanks, Nathan. Thanks thank you very you. much. Bye.